and girls, children of all ages, just like the ringmaster in the circus used to say. I used to like going to the circus. In fact, what you might not know about your boy Tommy D is when I got married, I, I wore a top hat. And uh, it wasn't tails, but it was, they called like a, a morning suit or a breakfast suit, I think it was. And it had like the cutoffs. And I don't even know why I'm telling you guys that. You don't even know what we're doing here yet. It's your boy, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from the top of my house, above the second floor, just below the roof. That's right, in the attic. In the attic now, gosh, a year and a half, um, 29, 30 episodes of this program. Uh, just, it's flown by. I'm super excited. Who am I? What's philanthropy and focus? Well, I'm the nonprofit sector connector. I'm all about amplifying the message for nonprofit organizations. If you never heard of me before, I'll tell you why I do this. If you've heard of me before, then you know why I do this. I believe that nonprofits are here to provide incredible services to uh, to us as a society. And, and they if it wasn't for these organizations, I really don't know who does the work, if the work gets done at all. I believe these organizations are often overlooked, often unrecognized for the work they do. And as many of us who are serving or part of or adjacent to the nonprofit sector know, these organizations are at times underfunded. And that's something that we try to shine light on here as well. So that sounds like a challenge or a problem. So my answer to that is philanthropy and focus. And philanthropy and focus is a radio show, which then gets turned into a podcast. And, and it's really turning into a movement because some of the things I do, hashtag 60 days of service, you know, I've done five, 55 to go. So a lot of work to do as we sit here on, um, on the 30th day of July, 2021, before the ball drops in Times Square. I will have completed 60 days. So that's a shout out to people who need me to do some service at their nonprofit. Let me know. Love to do it. I think I have five or six days already set out for August. I'll share those with you in the coming weeks. So every single week we come here at 10 a.m. I encourage you to join me. I encourage you to follow me. Talking uh, talking alternative broadcasting. If you want to watch us on Facebook, if you want to ask us questions on Facebook, talkradio.nyc is the website. That's where you could listen to us um, while your travels and then Check us out on all the podcast platforms. So every single week, we'll be here live, 10 a.m. Eastern time. This morning, you know, we take a bit of a change and go in a bit of a different direction than, than many of our programs, as we haven't had a lot of people, I don't think we've had anybody from the from the arts or, or organizations that are involved in the arts. And today, we certainly do. Um, Clarissa Soto-Joseph is here with me. She's the newest executive director of Pentacle, and we're going to be talking to her uh, in just a moment or two. And... I'll tell you, I think in terms of from the arts, you know, I remember growing up and we would go see shows on Broadway. Um, I do have four children. I don't talk about the kids that much, but they have different talents. And, and one of my girls, she's got this incredible voice. Um, maybe she'll be on Broadway one day. I don't know. We'll see. But I, the arts is so important to us. And, and you know, where I live here on Long Island, just to make an example, um, you know, I, I know certain certain districts you know whether it be in the city or or out on long island sometimes the funding when the funding is down the arts are what suffers you know they take out the music programs they they take out the dance they take out uh the instruments the the band and things like that um and i um you know i, I feel fortunate that in my schools here where we are that hasn't happened but i think we need to support the arts and we're going to be talking to clarissa this morning about how this organization has supported the arts for 45 years and let those in the arts really do what is most important to them. Let me read you something, even before I get Clarissa in the conversation, but since 1976, Pentacle has been a model in the arts administration field, enabling performer, performing artists to focus on what they do best, create art and engage with audiences. Isn't that what the artist is supposed to do? Probably not supposed to be worried about fiscal things, financial things, right? Administrative tasks. So how do you empower these people to do what they do best? I mean, I come from a world of outsourcing. I sold payroll services early in my career. And, and you know, a lot of what we do is around those areas to let businesses uh, really thrive. Um, Let's let's bring Clarissa into the conversation. Clarissa, come on, come in, come off a of mute, jump into the conversation. Welcome to my show. Welcome to my attic. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning, Tommy. I'm great. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to dig in and also to be, I guess, your first arts nonprofit here. I, I, I was thinking about it on the way <laughs> on the way up the stairs. It takes me two flights of stairs to get up here. So I have a lot of time to think. It's about 40 <laughs> seconds. But I as I'm thinking, I'm going. I don't think I've had anybody from the arts. So we got to shout out a friend of ours before we even dive into this conversation about Pentacle, because you know, I call myself the nonprofit sector connector and I have a lot of connections. I know a lot of people. And 
people are looking out for me. People are looking out for this show and people are looking out. I say all the time, I say, you know how you can help me out? You know what my specific ask is in a networking meeting? It's who do you know that runs a nonprofit organization? Do you sit on the board? Are you involved with an organization? Do you volunteer at an organization that you would like me to have them on the show to help them tell their story and amplify their message? So shout out to my buddy, Matthew mm-hmm. Hagum, who's a board member of your organization. He's the president of Dashboard, and, uh, Dashboard NY, which is an outsourced CFO company, probably not so you know different than some of the work you guys do internally. So um, let's let's just thank Matthew and let's let's dive in. I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm excited. I remember the first time we met, which was like three, four weeks ago, um, I was doing a day of service. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Let me just sit on the ground and let's do the Zoom call quick. And I was like, I hope you don't mind. And I was like, I'll be like sweaty and greasy because I was moving diapers around. But like, yeah. and you totally got it. You go, Tommy D, I get it. I, this yeah. is what do. So, so tell me a little bit about like, I, I want to, I have some information about you. We'll read it in a second. But the arts, why are the arts, before we even dive into the mm-hmm. more stuff, why are the arts so important? That's an excellent question. And, you know, I think the arts are just in so many ways, right? What does that mean? That's dance, that's music, that's theater, that's, you know, uh, visual arts. And it just, you know, it really transcends so many um, different art forms. You know, at Pentacle, we do primarily focus on the performing arts, but, you know, we are very big arts advocates across, you know, across the whole, the whole sector. And, um, you know, I know even like my personal story, I think we all have those personal stories, right? We all have those reasons of um, music that makes you feel something or something that just makes you want to move around or, you know, and so it's, it's really a form of expression. And what I keep saying now more than ever is, you know, when we were in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, oh my goodness, you know, like, the arts allowed us to survive, you know, from a, from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, being, you know, sort of cooped up inside and wow, like what, you know, what a, a moment in our world where um, we all sort of went to that, whether it was even TikTok, right? Yep, yep. Doing TikTok dances or, you know, streaming different shows and, um, and all of that, because we couldn't even, you know, we couldn't go to the theater, we couldn't do that, but we could go outside and move. And, you know, that in itself also is saving lives and it's helping people through really tough times. You know, Um, it's, it's interesting you say that. And, and as I was hearing you say it, it, like sirens and flashlights are going off in my head because I'm hearing mental health issues, mental health issues, right? And, and I'm thinking as you're talking, you know, Broadway was shut down for such a long time. And, and you know, people look, people, the audiences look for, for Broadway and look for other forms of entertainment. But the, the performers look for that, too, because that was their, you know, that is their way to, to perform and tell their story and get their messages out, right? So there's so much that was, that was challenged and lost. And, and, uh, you know, aside from the obviously tra- tra- tragedies that people died and, and families mm-hmm. lost loved ones, um, it, there, there's so much to that. But I think, you know, there's a group I listen to, uh, they're called Revolution, and they're like a, a reggae group out of, um, out of California. And, the, the, you know, the vibes from the music, my kid, it's something that like a lot of the music I listen to, I probably shouldn't listen to with my kids around, you know, but, <laughs> but this particular group, <laughs> you know, for the most part, uh, you know, not for the most part, their message is right on, you know, um, and it's, it's uplifting, it's special, it's good music, it makes, you know, music especially, you know, can make you feel good, man, you know, it can totally change, yeah. your you know, I, you can go back, I mean, I'm 43 years old, but like, there's tunes like, that I, that I've been listening to for 30 some odd years since I'm a kid, that like, you can take you back, right, you know, mm-hmm. like, absolutely, right? can bring absolutely, us back. Yeah. yeah, and I think you mentioned it too, it's about the message, right, and so, Pentacle in particular, like we are supporting those artists that really are trying to spread them a message and a word that sometimes, you know, you can't express through, um, you know, just one way through words or through writing. And, um, and those are those artists that we're really supporting, even like beyond Broadway, right? Broadway is a well-oiled that's it, machine. Right? That's up there. They, it's Ex- figured out. It's a machine. Exactly. It's, it's dumb. There's they've problems. got they've right. got the budgets and all of that. Um, you know, and Broadway is Broadway. I love Broadway, but right. you know, Pentacle specifically, we're really focused on those sort of smaller artists, more emerging artists that have amazing messages to to give the world, but they don't have 
um, you know, that support that, you know, some of the bigger entities like Broadway um, and like, you know, the more commercial work that you're seeing over in California and on TV and whatnot. Yep. Um, but yeah. So, so I want to give everybody, I, we did it a little different. We just jumped in the conversation, but I want to give, who are we speaking to this morning? Mm -hmm. So let's, let's do that. I'm going to do a little background and then I want you to tell the story. So, so Clarissa Soto Josephs began at Pentacle in 2011. Okay, she had earned dual degrees in dance performance and entrepreneurship with a concentration in legal studies from Hofstra University right here out on Strong Island, Long Island. Mm -hmm. In 2016, Clarissa earned her MBA from Quinnipiac University and was named the New York Hispanic Coalition's 40 Under 40 Rising Stars that same year in 2016. Congratulations on that. And for the last 10 years, you've been working with, in fiscal and education, as well as the outreach departments here at Pentacle. We were, I said to you before, I mean, this has been your, this is your career. This 10, yeah. this is where you've been. You came out of school and, and this is what you've done. So before you even comment too much more, let me just say, in, just now, in July of 2021, mm -hmm. you've become appointed the executive director. And, mm -hmm. and to underscore that, the first BIPOC woman and first non-founder to hold this leadership role at this organization. Now, this is a 45-year organization. So you and I talked, you know, last week, weeks ago, texting whatever, about legacy and the importance of that and how, how that's going to translate and where you, you know, where you see the opportunity to take the, the, the organization further. So first of all, congratulations. I usually say, where does you like, how I, I started like, how'd you get to the nonprofit sector? Like what yeah. drew you to nonprofit? Like, I think that's a little different here. So tell us your story. You know, did, were you, did you perform? Were you a dancer? Like what's mm -hmm. the whole thing there? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I was a dancer my whole life. Um, I, you know, I, you know, dance as a kid. It, I was like one of those really, really shy kids, like shy to the point of, you know, even in school, like was too afraid to raise my hand, you know, um, so extremely shy. Um, and so dance was a way to really get me out of my shell. You know, it's like in class, I was like this little quiet girl, but then like you put me on a stage and I like, all of a sudden I could play any character I wanted, you know? So that was a big part of my life. As I got a little older, I, you know, I, you know, did the whole dance competitions and, you know, did some, theater stuff did all you know all the things that you do and so then in high school I decided I wanted to go to school for dance to be a professional dancer um for my parents that was uh probably not the best news you know I'm a first generation so you know as immigrants the, the American dream is not really for their their child to be a dancer starving artist you know for lack of a better word um but they were luckily very supportive and they were the ones that actually said okay, we'll support you, but you need another major. You need a backup plan. And so that's why- something. Find some business, find something to link up exactly. with. Exactly. Exactly. And, so, um, and so that's how I had my two degrees. So I was a dancer all through college. And then the way that I got involved more on the administrative side was that I did an internship my junior year of college. Where, uh, no, it was actually with one of my dance professors, okay. but it was my supervisor at that internship that worked at Pentacle. Got it. So it was just aligned in the stars that upon graduation, my supervisor was actually leaving her role at Pentacle, got me an interview, and I was just very fortunate. I moved to New York City July 3rd. I started working at Pentacle July 5th of 2011. Wow. wow. Love it. All right. So listen, it, it, we, we can... The thing about my show is we got to take breaks and, yeah. and I got to find creative ways to do it. So guys, we're taking a break. Um, <laughs> what we're going to do. Clarissa's here with me on the show, Philanthropy and Focus. Pentacle is the name of the organization. We're, we're at the point where you, you got the new place to live. You got the new gig, total new organization. Guys, we'll be back in 90 seconds. A couple commercials, Clarissa and Tommy D in the attic. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Through all the static, join Tommy in his attic. My, my one of my sons, one of my boys, calls me Mister Static right now. I told John Kemp that last week on the show. My kids usually call me Tommy D. Uh, once in a while, they call me Dad. And uh, you know, I, I just I I asked Clarissa in the chat. Clarissa Soto Josephs is here with me from Pentacle, and I just said, "Are you a singer?" Because we're talking about the arts. She said, "Definitely not." Um, some people would probably say, Tommy D, we wish you didn't think you were a singer because you don't really sing that well. But look, that's, that song was written by a friend of mine, Brendan Levy, that he wrote that jingle. I think we wrote it together, but I'll give him the credit. He sent, he's the singer. Um, and every time I sing it on a video, he tells me, Tommy D, can you stop singing that song? Because, you know, like it was a great song until he started singing. It. All right, back to the show. <laughs> um, every week I bring on another nonprofit leader to tell their story, talk about their organization talk about the impact they're making, talk about their programs. Clarissa Soto-Josephs is here, the newest executive director of Pentacle. We were just getting into how you got to Pentacle. And, and I have a million questions. Well, let's start that. You, you, you graduate, you get this internship. Somehow that hooks you in. I call that networking. Somehow that mm-hmm. hooks you into something else. Somebody's leaving Pentacle. July 3rd, you get a new place in the city. July 5th, you start this new gig. Where do we go from there? Yeah, so I think... You know, right out of college, like I said, my goal was to be a professional dancer, you know, so I wanted to be in a touring dance company. I thought that I wanted to have my own dance company and be an artistic director, all of those things. That was the dream. Um, I'd always dreamed because I grew up in Connecticut. So my dream was always to be in New York City. Right. Um, And so. So I still went in with that, you know, but I knew I I had to support myself financially somehow. and so I knew to me, this job at first Pentacle was just a way to make money. It was just a way to, um, and also I felt like it was still at least involved in the arts. We're connected to the arts, right? Yeah. So like, cool, this makes sense. And I get a, and I'm hanging out with people that, that are in this space, right? Maybe, maybe you were thinking you build new relationships. Exactly. I thought networking it's, opportunities. It's just, a great place to be. And they're giving me a paycheck and I'm learning stuff. Yeah, not bad. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so that's what it was in the beginning, to be totally honest with you. And um, but from there, it just kind of kept building a little bit. You know, I, I sort of learned a little bit more about this nonprofit business model within the arts. And um, and over time, I just over a couple of years, I really saw that I had a stronger voice um, on this side of it, on the management side of it, rather than as a dancer. I kind of saw that as a dancer. I just was a little bit more limited. And so I did um, ultimately make the decision to kind of switch over and really prioritize my time for the ma- on the management side. Let's, it's around then when I decided to go back to school. That's when you went back to, let me ask you this though, what I don't, a stronger voice, meaning, you know, on behalf of other people, like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, no, I think on behalf of the arts as a whole, I think as a dancer, I was feeling a little bit, um, 
it was almost like too much about me, <laughs> you no. know, like it was a little bit more, it was just about auditions and like how good of a dancer I am and all of that. It was very sort of self-centered in the way I was viewing it. Um, and so, whereas like on the other side of it, I was like, I get to advocate for hundreds of artists on the other side. I get to actually be, maybe be part of the decision-making one day. Um, and that was really exciting to me. And um, yeah, and then, you know, just certain realities around stability financially, you know, that harsh reality as a young in your 20s, living in New York City, trying to pay that rent, there's, you know, some realities that definitely came through as well. Yeah. And so I talk a lot about in my life and on this show, we talk a lot about the ripple effect and impact and what an impact people are making and how far I say how far the ripples go. And I, you know, you, you, you people might want to argue with me, but I think these ripples go infinitely. I really, truly do. Mm -hmm. Because the amount of lives you touch in, in your own lifetime and then those lives that are touched, et cetera, et cetera. So I see those ripples kind of going out infinitely. But, well, you know, what is the, what's that ripple effect of, of this young woman deciding I'm going to now impact all of these lives versus, you know, be just trying to make it on my own. And, and, and like we all know, not, and I am all about empowering people and making people push and try as hard as they can but there is a limitation there's only so many people that actually are going to mm -hmm. make it on onto the stage and whatnot and and it is uh it can be a grind right i mean you you know yeah. it. so so how does the being at this organization for 10 years give us some a background story on like why was this organization even founded so why why is something mm -hmm. like this like what comes up i understand in some regard what it does mm -hmm. like what was a catalyst where where somebody says we need something to do this thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well so you know back in the 70s um this concept came about because there was actually five original artists that ultimately became pentacle um, and so what it was is that back then those artists, they were all looking for administrative needs, right? One of them had like a really good financial person. One of them had a really good like marketing person. One of them had a really good uh, booking manager, right? And so the idea came about, and I believe Pentacle was sort of one of the first to introduce this business model to the New York City uh, arts um, community that of bundled services is what they called it. And so instead of each of those five companies going out and hiring like a full-time this, a full-time that, or a part-time person, that's more expensive. And so instead they came together as a group and they shared those administrators. So they shared the same booking agent, they shared the same, you know, marketing person, they shared the same financial person. And so that brought about this new business model that ultimately became Pentacle. And, you know, founded by Ivan Segoda and Mara Greenberg, Mara, who has, you know, just until very recently was our director, um, they, they were there from the beginning. And so that the bundled services concept has certainly shifted over the years but it um but it honestly really remains the core of what we believe in it's you know because at its core we still that's what we're doing it's outsourcing right uh, it's yeah. we're we're providing we have our team of fiscal administrators who are helping you know now 100 artists instead of each of those 100 artists going out and trying to find mm -hmm. their own person um so yeah i mean that's really going all the way back that's so you know and i don't know again i i'm 43 so i don't know what was going on 45 years ago i don't know if i know what was going on 42 years ago either if we were kids but uh that is certainly something that we've become has become very common the mm -hmm. outsourced cfo the outsourced general counsel right you know the outsourced bookkeeper right that's a these are things you know, that like are commonplace and in the world, but I'm imagining that they probably weren't as commonplace um, years and years ago. So t talk to me a little bit about programs. What does it like look like? So your artists, they, they come to you with specific needs. They're probably referred in from another, somebody else in a different part of the community. I get, take me through that, like sure. who, who they are. Like, is it a, is it a solo? Is it, you know, 10, 10 years ago, Clarissa Soto Joseph's running around trying to, you know, make it in the world and going like, I need other people to support me. Is it that artist or is it the, the choreographer who may have their own company, but they're still like very 
tiny and don't yeah. have the infrastructure. Where, who is it? So, be, and I ask you this because people who are listening could go, oh, I could use those services, right? Sure. Or, um, or maybe somebody's listening and says, I have different resources that I could bring to this organization. So this yeah. is, like, I want to play around with who we can connect you with and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So I would say we have two primary targets, right? And so the first is sort of the latter of what you were speaking about is it is the choreographers. It's the choreographers, the ones who have their own artistic entity, not so much the dancers themselves um, who are going around auditioning and all that. It's really more about the ones that hold the artistic entity. Um, they are more emerging. So although our we range, right? We have really tiny, tiny artists in terms of budget size up to, you know, um, probably around like two to 3 million, but we really stay like under that 5 million budget mark. Mm -hmm. So we're not working with say like maybe some of these bigger companies you may have heard of like Alvin Ailey or anything like that. We really are sort of the, the smaller organizations. Um, or artistic I, entities. I guess there becomes a point when it's more efficient. It's more. Uh, yeah, they'll go in house. Just bring the stuff in house. Like we've, yeah. we, thank you. We've gotten to this point, and now we need exactly. to move on. So, so somebody give me an example if you could. We don't have to speak by person's name or, or company name. Mm -hmm. But what, what happens? Somebody comes to you. You've seen this for ten years. So give me. Yeah, yeah. So we so we kind of have a cut. We sort of separate it into different programs. Um, one being our roster. So the roster is your pretty much your typical booking agent. So um, they're the ones that are booking all their engagements throughout the country, anytime they're teaching, performing, doing residencies. So we do have a roster of artists. Um, and the way it works is an artist comes to us, they're pretty much like signing up or inquiring about our different services. So one being the roster. So they don't, let me just stop you one second. It's yeah. sort of like a cafeteria, like I, I need the booking stuff, but I don't need the financial management because my, my dad's a CPA. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly how it is. So it's like you kind of, we kind of have, we call them the buckets. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> we sort of have the buckets and artists can choose from that. We also definitely get the artists that say to us, I need help, but I don't know what that is, right? And so a lot of times we'll meet with them, we'll kind of do an assessment and go over like, okay, like it seems like right now your priority is this, let's get you you know, into this bucket in financial management, or let's get you in this other bucket that's like helps you get administrative personnel. Um, and so we'll kind of guide them. Everybody is different. We also get artists that come to us in times of emergency, right? So my executive director just quit <laughs> or, you know, I just, I don't have any help and, you know, you know, this thing just happened. And so they come to us a lot of times for some of the, those emergency moments as well. Um, but yeah, in addition to our roster, we also, one of our biggest services is our financial services, which is bookkeeping, payroll, sort of all of the accounting that um, is, is they that yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just, I want to know more about this, like, and, and I'll just set it up because we're going to take a quick break, but I want to know, is it, are these resources all internal resources or are you in then kind of, you don't have to answer now, but just to kind of set it up because I'm, I'm sure people are listening going, so are you then going to like make a referral and introduce me to ADP or are you managing this for me or are you can introduce me to CPA firm? So I'm curious about that. When we come back, we'll talk about it. Clarissa Soda-Josephs is here with me, newest executive director of Pentacle. We'll be back in two minutes. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you, Clarissa. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. UK time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Every Friday morning at 10 a.m. and join me in the attic. I think that's what you should do. That's my, it's not a request, but I think it'd be a great idea if you did it because every single Friday morning I'm here to amplify the message for nonprofit organizations. You know how passionate I am. Well, if you just started listening, I'm telling you, I'm really freaking passionate about nonprofits. I love what nonprofits do, changing our world. Today's no different. Clarissa Soto Joseph's here from Pentacle. I want to read a couple of things off the website, right off of the site. So that's why I'm looking away. If you watch me, Pentacle's hands-on programs and services each year directly serve over 300 companies and project-based artistic entities, providing employment to more than 1,500 artists and providing work to more than 750 independent contractors and 350 youth are served through the education and outreach programs. We're never going to get through everything today. I know that. So um, what I would encourage people to do is check out pentacle.org, P-E-N-T-A-C-L-E.org to learn more about the organization. Clarissa and I still have time together today, but we won't cover it all. So you guys have to go look at it if this makes sense to you. Um, let, so right before the break, we talked about buckets. We talked about how Pentacle provides these different services and an outsourced scenario basis, really, um, for the artists that, that the organization serves. So let's let's play around with it so if somebody comes in and they say i need all these things all these buckets i i need you know you call them buckets i need to fill them all up mm -hmm. so like i got all the needs in the world what is that process that intake that they you could call it signing up what what does mm -hmm. it look like sure so to this day the way that most people hear about us is word of mouth um which you know i see as a good thing because it means the artists that we do work with obviously have a good experience <laughs> so they you know spread the word but when and i'll go through sort of an example an artist comes to us they say i need help i'm not sure i'm not sure what i need um can i talk to somebody to figure out what buckets that mm -hmm. you know i need help with and so they would probably meet with me or one of my senior staff members and we would just have a phone call or an in-person meeting and we talk a little bit about what are their goals, you know, do they have a budget set aside for these type of services, where are they right now, and also where do they hope to be in the next, you know, one year, three years, five years, um, and all of that. And based on that, we'll usually make some sort of recommendation. We have the way we set up our buckets and programs is that, you know, we have those programs for those artists who are still sort of figuring it out, right? So we might put them in what we call our ASP program because it's more customizable. They can, what, what it's not as much. Up, what, what's ASP? It's, it's called the Administrative Support Program. Okay. And so it's just a really great way to get their, their toes wet, to customize it themselves. It doesn't require a big like a big um, cost up front. Mm -hmm. So you know we have programs like that, whereas we have some of our other programs that are a little bit more for established artists. So we can sort of gear them in the right direction. But I know you had asked, it, do we then outsource it again? Like, do we recommend them to ADP? And the re the question is no, or the answer is no. We actually do keep it mostly internal um, because you know the resources are there. Right. So you have 
payroll professionals, accounting professionals, like to 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 bring these services. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we have our staff and, you know, sometimes we'll work with some independent contractors, but it's mostly all internal within Pentacle. Got it. So then does that also mean that that your organization can and will need to grow as your client roster grows? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's something that we've seen in the last couple of years, actually. Um, for a long time, I think there was you know, there's ebbs and flows, right? There was years that were busier, years that they weren't, but kind of always evened out. Mm -hmm. um, in the last couple of years, we've seen our fiscal services, our financial services really skyrocket. Um, and so that our our financial team is actually our largest team on the whole staff now. And so we've had to, you know, increase staff, increase, you know, everything on that, on, in those regards. That's, that's incredible. What, what is the, would you feel like when an artist comes to you, um, you know, not like your background to, to study entrepreneurship and dance and then go back for the MBA, that's probably not your typical dancer that that's out there doing it. And not because they're not, not of lack of interest, but you know, if you watch what's going on right now with the Olympics right now, these, these young people that are in the Olympics, you know, often they are so they're in the gym or, or they're on the ice or whatever the or on the court super early in the morning into late at night. So, you know, to get to that high level to to perform at that peak level, it's most of the time it's all or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. It's gotta be mm -hmm. all in. So do you find like many of the artists just because they wanna succeed at that highest level, they just don't really even know some of what they need. Is that is that absolutely difficult? they just don't have um you know some of that education or business skills because they went to art school right. <laughs> you know right. yeah. that's what they spent their time on um or some of them if they do have the skill set that's not the reason they started their their company you know they started their company to be choreographers and artistic directors and they'll come to us and they'll say listen I'm spending most of my time doing administrative work and I'm never in the studio. That defeats the whole purpose. This is not why I did this, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I know this, like in my own world, in my own business, there's certain things I don't want to be a part of. I don't want to do. I want to do the stuff that I really, that kind of gets me, kind of gets my juices flowing. And I want to, like, I think all of us, if we can find ways, and that's why I was actually talking to a buddy of mine this morning who was uh, working on his boat. And I was just saying like, I, if I had a boat, I would have somebody else working on it yeah <laughs> i don't work on boats it's not like a thing i do like yeah. I, I don't know how to do my own taxes i'm sure i could fumble my way through it but my cpa does it that's his game right. Right? right so i'd rather so i think if we all can can uh find ways to do to push the things out that we're not not only are we not good at or don't, we're not knowledgeable about that we're not interested in because mm -hmm. it isn't like we're limited with how long we're going to be here and let's just i think if you can be in kind of in that Tony Robbins would say like in state like if you could be in that really cool zone all the mm -hmm. time not that everybody's gonna be 100% of the time but to, to the point where your artists I think and I've seen this a lot with business owners and I I, I dropped the name when I, we talk about payroll ADP I grew up working at ADP in payroll sales for many many years and I, I think um I guess it's probably I guess I always knew about outsourcing because I didn't want if I didn't want to do certain things I'd find somebody else to do it and pay them to do it way before I was selling payroll services but I just think there's things we can we should hand off to somebody else because yeah. so that's that's a that's a home run for these these folks. Yeah, and I think what distinguishes us from, you know, we keep using the ADP service as a as a prime example is what distinguishes us is that we are a nonprofit also. So we are offering these services to them at very, very subsidized rate. Some of our programs are even pro bono. Um, so they're, they have an access now because that they didn't have before. Not all of them can even afford, you yeah. know, the ADP payroll service. Right. Right. Um, and so, so there's that. And I also like to think of ourselves as we're also educators and we're communicators for them because um, we can speak artists, mm -hmm. yep. but we can also speak business. Yeah. And that's not, and I always say, actually, every time I hire a new staff person, I always say, I can teach you the business stuff. I cannot teach you necessarily how to communicate with artists in that way, because it's a very um, sort of special skill set. So do you look for people with some background in the arts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually a requirement. Like there needs to be a connection to the arts in some way or another. It doesn't need to be dance. It doesn't need to be theater. They don't need to have been the performer. But if you are not passionate about the arts, 
I know they're not going to last long. You know, wow. this you're working here because of the mission, number one. And then, of course, number two, you know, for all the other things as well. Um, but it is something I, I really focus on, you know, because we're a small team. We're actually, we do all this with a team of 12 employees. No kidding. So we're tiny. 300 companies you're serving with a team of 12. So a well-oiled well yeah. machine. So while, while we're on that topic of, of team and talent and things like that, are there any, I usually you leave, you leave this for uh, later in the show, but are there openings right now? Are there certain things you need? Are there um, job, because I, I, I keep hearing and I talk to a lot of people in business and in nonprofit and it's tough to recruit right now. Yeah, know? no, thank you for asking. Cause yeah. actually we do have a job opening right now. It's actually a full-time uh, booking associate position. Um, it's We're actually interviewing for it right now. So if people want to check it out on our website, um, it's up there, but it's, yeah, a full-time position. You'd be working with a roster of eight artists and um, helping in actually booking their performances. What is that? Um, what is their, you know, what does somebody's CV look like for that, for a role like that? You know, it, it's, I'm assuming it's not entry level. It's got to be somebody who's got experience. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more, um, not entry level, somebody with a few years of experience, a nice solid foundation in arts management. Um, but with the intention of it becoming a management position um, down the line. Very cool. And, and what's the best way to just go to the website? Yep. Pentacle.org would be the best way. Um, we have it right there on our homepage and on our blog. Um, you can also find information on it on our social media on Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. Cool. What's the, uh, what is it just Pentacle on Facebook and, and Instagram and all that stuff? Is that how they find It's p at Pentacle Dance. At Pentacle Dance, everybody. At Pentacle Dance. Mm -hmm. And it's TommyD.NYC if you want to check my stuff out. <laughs> um, all right. So where does um, you, you come into this organization? You, you've been here now 10 years. You, you've worked your way through it. You've probably seen a lot, if not all of it yet. You're the executive director. Congrats. That's a big deal. Um, I'm thrilled to have met you. And I'm glad Matthew Hagan. Love you, Matthew. Appreciate the introduction. Mm -hmm. I'm glad Matthew put us together. What's your vision for this organization? You know, it's not like, you know, it's not a, not a grassroots thing here. It's not brand new. There's, there's history, there's legacy. I know you've used that word. It's on the website, that word legacy. It has meaning. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I've been here for 10 plus years and I'm trying, and I, so I've had probably almost every single job there is to have at the organization. I see that as what I've been calling my superpower um, because, you know, I'm the first non-founder. So our founders have only ever been founding directors, know. you know, they never knew what it was like to be a, just a staff person. Um, and so I'm trying to, my goal and my vision is to take the legacy that Pentacle has built, the mission of helping artists and, you know, being ever adaptive with how we help the artists, you know, keeping that, keeping that organic, informal feel but also looking to the future to establish a little bit more infrastructure, grow it up a little bit more as well so that we can impact more artists, more train the next generation of arts administrators and do it in a way that is gonna make the organization sustainable in the long term. You know, um, being the first non-founder, it's sort of brought into this, this concept of, yeah, Pentacle will out-survive its founders, which, you know, I don't even know if that was actually part of the original intent way back in right, the 70s. Sure. sure. Um, so just really looking at how we can create that uh, infrastructure sustainability for Pentacle and then trickle it down to our artists. Like, I really want to think creatively about how we can bring true sustainability to the arts. Um, it's a very interesting time with COVID and, yep. and all of that. It's brought up a lot of issues in our fields, but I see it as an opportunity for, for real change because, um, you know, artists deserve to get paid. They deserve yeah. to live a financially stable life and we don't need to be starving artists. No, it's anymore. not right. It's not right. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you know, now we're going to go to break in a second, everybody, but you know, then I get up, <clears throat> I get up on my soapbox because nonprofit in general, you know, let's talk nonprofit, nonprofit professionals need to be paid. And that's a mm -hmm. whole other topic for another day. Mm -hmm. But um, people provide great services or great art, we, they should be compensated for that work. It's, it's incredible um, that I, we're going to take a quick break. It's Tommy D in the attic. I'm, I'm bumbling my notes because I have like 10 million questions to ask you and we got we don't have that kind of time. 
10 million is a lot of questions anyway. So we're going to take a quick break. I want to, when we come back, I want to talk, maybe we could talk a little bit more of sustainability, how you talk about it there. You kind of teased it a little bit. And then also, where's this organization going? We, you know, what do you need? Where, what do you need? Who do you want to connect with? Is there an event? Is there a gala? How can we get something going? Who do you need to meet? That's a lot. That's not 10 million, but that's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. But, and also, is there an opportunity maybe I can help through a day of service? We'll talk about that when we come back. Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector with Clarissa Soto Josephs. Right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I'm like singing along to my song. It's so fun. My kids go around the house singing that song sometimes. So since 1976, Pentacle has been a model in the arts administration field. I read this to you up front, but I want you to hear it again if you're just tuning in or if, you, if you're not just tuning in, but I want you to hear it anyway. They enable performing artists to focus on what they do best, create art and engage with audiences, which is what those individuals should be doing, right? Management support for these organizations, such as fiscal services, booking, administrative support, education and outreach. So really empowering, I'll use the word, the artist to focus on what it is that they do best. So Clarissa Soto-Josephs, the newest executive director of the organization is here with me. We've had a great conversation so far. You talk about sustainability to the arts. I wonder what that means. I mean, are you going to, as the organization and as an individual, you consider yourself and the organization advocates on behalf of the arts, aside from just, we're going to give them some services right? Is, can you talk about yeah. that from a sustainability perspective? Because that's what's coming up for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, by definition, being an arts organization, we are always advocates and ambassadors, for sure. Um, you know, I'll kind of take a step back. One of the reasons that I went back and got my MBA actually has to do with this whole philosophy. I get asked a lot of times, why didn't you go back and get an arts management degree? Mm. You know, why did you get the MBA? The MBA is, you know, more corporate for corporate America. And the reason I made that decision was because I knew, like I had been in arts management, right? Like I had been in that, I had experience, but I feel that we need to be a little bit more creative as an industry around our business models and how we can, can reach sustainability. We're definitely not we're not there we're on our way we're not there 
Um, and so I felt that why don't I go get uh, my degree focused on some of these for-profit sort of concepts and principles and what can I take from that? You know, what can I take from that and bring into our world without losing the essence and the mission behind our, you know, the nonprofit sector. And so I'm still on that journey. That is a both personal and professional journey for me of how can we really find something that works? Um, and so I want to also pass that down to the artists too. And I want to really focus on thinking outside the box and not just the standard way that we sort of learn to do everything. And that's everything from programming to how we fundraise, you know, the philanthropy concept behind there. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just a really big part of, of my mission. And, you know, I'm still, I think I'm still baby steps yeah. in sort of the sure. big picture. Sure, which is, but again, that's awesome because I, you know, the, the thing about, you know, when I make new friends is I end up staying connected to these people forever. So I, I'm excited to watch your journey and the impact you personally, the organization, yes, but you're personally going to make on the arts because you're so passionate about this. You're fired up about it. You're talking about, you know, needs and issues, but you see them as opportunities. You're talking about infrastructure. You know, these are things that, you you know, are business concepts, right? Mm -hmm. Every third, the fourth Thursday of every, of every, come on, Tommy, the fourth <laughs> Thursday of every month, I put on a nonprofit executive leadership roundtable with a collaborator of mine, Christine Deska, and we bring together a community of nonprofit leaders. And, you know, it's concepts like this. Just this past week, uh, last week, we had a friend of ours, Melissa Greenberger from Pro Bono Partnership, which, which is a, a nonprofit organization that provides legal services to the sector. It'd be great for you to become part of that community. And if you're listening and if you are part of a nonprofit organization and you're looking for those types of resources it's it's a community we we make sure everybody gets an opportunity to talk about what they're doing what they need and then we have a subject matter expert and christine deska interviews that person so if you're looking for more information about that um to, to those listening tommy d at philanthropy and focus is how you get me on the email focus is p-h-o-c-u-s for a lot of reasons but it just is so we'll, we'll just tell you that for now for the interest of time um what what do you need? What's coming up? Is there um, are there certain connections you're looking for? We talked about this booking associate opportunity that you have a, an opportunity for a role there. But what else? Tell me, you know, in in the next couple of minutes, what's coming up for the organization, and maybe how can we help? Yeah, so we are actually we are celebrating our 45th anniversary this year. We actually had just our first event of many um, earlier this week. It was a virtual trivia night, which was super fun. Um, but we have a couple events coming up. The next one is Monday, November 29th. Um, and it's going to be a great event where we're bringing in artists from different generations um, that Pentacle has served and just have an open conversation and discussion around sort of, you know, where they were, how they started, where they're at now, the different types of services that they've used and just how it's um, helped them. And that's gonna be our kickoff into our uh, year-end appeal and sort of a bigger gala in the spring. So we do have a lot of um, our 45th anniversary sort of um, celebrations that are gonna be coming up. Um, but in addition to that, I think for me personally, as a new executive director, one of the things we're focusing on is really building our board of directors. Okay. So if there is anybody out there that is, you know, this sounds interesting to them and would like to be a part of it, we are looking to build our board, diversify our board in, in every regard. We want all different types of voices. Um, and, and we have an amazing board right now, um, but we they're all, you know, we all sort of agree we want to add to that group sure. um, because, you know, we just want to be able to, we want those ambassadors, those advocates to be out there spreading the word, just, just like Matt Hegum, you know, thanks yep. to him. Yep. He connected us. Yep. Um, so that is something we are going to put our, our focus on. And, you know, I will say, especially for me as a BIPOC woman, um, it's important for me to make sure that, you know, we have different, uh, different people at the table. Um, and so that is something I'm focused on. So I've taken a lot of notes. So we got to go. I need you to connect with you. Are you connected to nonprofit New York? Um, a little bit. All right. We need to talk about that. We can take that offline. But my friend yeah. Sanin is uh, has been on the show with me and they're an awesome organization. And I supported a campaign they had for 
um, they were trying to raise uh, $10,000 to give away 100 two-year memberships to BIPOC-led organizations. So by you saying that, it, it resonated for me. Yes. So I, I had, you know, sent over a couple of dollars for that. But um, Nonprofit New York is somebody you should certainly know about. I'm like, I'm, I'm forgetting I'm on my show and I'm like networking right now. Like, so ladies and gentlemen, this is what, it, this is what happens when you're the connector guy. So board of directors. So certainly if they're, if people are looking to become a member or at least a volunteer, um, they should con contact you directly. Yeah, absolutely. How do they, how do, they do that? Um, so the easiest way to contact me is probably through my email, which is Clarissa S at pentacle.org. Um, we'll make sure to put it on the socials and whatnot, but pretty much, um, like I said, we're a small team. So any inquiry form that you fill out, um, on our website, I pretty much, it, it kind of like, I see it. So, um, it'll, it'll get to it'll, me. It'll sure. rise to your level. This is not, you know, not a big hierarchy here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. I love that. But that's. That's a lot of nonprofit, right? That's how it, everybody's involved. We're in the, all mixed in together. All right. So November 29th, Monday is um, what? That's the fundraiser. The artist event. Artist event. Okay. Yeah. Is that going to be virtual? Uh, yeah. Right now it's planned virtual um, just because we're unsure how things are going. Uh, we're trying to stay flexible um, as we see, you know, how things cool. phase out. I yeah. love that. And then the gala is in the spring. More details on that state. Follow them on social pinnacle dance on the instagram pinnacle you're on tiktok too or no we are not on tiktok we're on yeah, facebook I'm instagram on linkedin see, even <laughs> i'm on tiktok i'm an old man i'm on tiktok you gotta get on the tiktok we'll talk about that later we gotta get on there yeah <laughs> uh, especially dance i mean you know all right anyway listen i gotta we gotta bring it home clarissa thank you so much for being here thank you matthew Hagel. i love you my brother appreciate the introduction this is so great um we'll talk again about maybe you know, I come out, I do some service if appropriate, and you can actually use me for something to do. Um, thanks for being here. I got to close the show now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Philanthropy and Focus. I'm the nonprofit sector connector. TommyD.NYC, Instagram, TommyD.NYC on the TikTok. I just told you that TikTok, baby. <laughs> and uh, emails Tommy D at Philanthropy and Focus, P H O C U S. Next, dot uh, com. Next week, we actually have a, a two for next week. Uh, Bob Kozlowski and Lonnie Sherman are coming on from Homes for the Brave and General Needs, which is an organization serving homeless veterans. Uh, homes, excuse me, Homes for the Brave and General Needs uh, Foundation. This is gonna be an incredible conversation. Uh, you know, James Corbett, if you're listening, you, you know, we gotta talk to these organizations about doing a day of service. James Corbett, the director of, founder and director of um, Project Refit, doing a lot of work in the veteran space. You know, veterans are very, very important uh, it's, and are underserved and we need to rectify that in this country. So check in with me. Stay tuned. Steve Fry is on the, on the network next. Always Friday, Jeremiah Fox, the entrepreneurial web. Stay tuned. Clarissa, thanks for being here. I'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you so much, Tommy. You got Bye. it. Make a great day, everybody. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. 
Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 